Hi, I'm Daniel. And I'm Peter. And we are parents of two children, Alberto and Rosina. Each week we sit down together and chat about the reality of raising children. So, if you're a new parent, expecting or just want to see what it's all about, this is the place for you. This, this is, is The, the Parent Sesh. and welcome to episode two of The Parent Sesh. Welcome. Thank you for joining us again. This episode is going to be all about minimalism, but we don't always like to dive straight into the hearty topics of the week. <laughs> we do like to start with a bit of a light anecdote of what, is, what happens in the week of a parent. A real week. A real week. <laughs> Not one of those ones you see on Instagram where everyone's having a great time. Because this one was not a great time <laughs> this week. Uh, some would say you pulled your hair out over it. <laughs> Did I pull my hair no, out? No, no, you didn't. <laughs> no, your our little beautiful angel, Racina, decided that she wanted to grab a fistful of your hair. Yeah, she did. She really <laughs> grabbed a lot of it and gave it a, a pretty rough. Pull. If you're not, if you don't have kids, they have grip. They do and strength. Yeah, just trying to pry something out of their little hands is very. It can be very, very difficult. Yeah. So when they pull on something, it's coming with Full them. Force. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think at the time, like she pulled out what maybe quite a number of strands of hair. Yeah, it looked like a lot. Like, like, I guess you could relate it to when you wash your hair and sort of how much comes out just in that normal process, but all at once in it one hurt. place. <laughs> like I, I have experienced her pulling on like hair on my body and it hurts. Mm. It hurts when your hair gets ripped out of its scalp. Yeah. And to be honest, I do have quite a sensitive scalp. I don't particularly do well (laughs) just brushing my hair in general i can get quite knotty hair and it's very very sensitive so at the time i just thought oh that was rough but But that's as far as you thought mm -hmm. we didn't think anything else yeah and then well later like once the kids were in bed Mm -hmm. you were just scratching your head and well yeah i was more just touching it trying to figure out like there was a weird sensation going on and i was thinking what is this and putting a little bit of pressure and when I pulled my hand away, it was covered in blood. Like coated. Mm. And then you turned around and your hair was like red. Mm. And uh, that's when I panicked and <laughs> freaked out. And I was like, what do we do? And at the time we couldn't trace it back straight away to her pulling my hair. And, and so we were thinking, oh my goodness, have I hit my head? Have I, you know, done something to cause it? Um and then, yeah, after, we traced it back yeah. after a couple of bit of investigating. We traced it back to when she pulled your hair out. Yeah. And I think you must have just opened up. It must have scabbed up and then you scratched it and maybe it opened up again. Or it was just always bleeding and we didn't even pick up on it. Yeah, I think it was always bleeding. Well, there you go. Uh, 
Always wear your hair in a bun when you've got your kids. This is why mums get bobs and mm. cut their hair short so it's harder for the children to grab. And But you have been very much, I'm not getting a bob and stuck with having your long hair, which mm-hmm. is perfectly fine. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's... Uh, always, it seems. <laughs> fun little story. But of course, this episode is going to be about minimalism. So let's take a break and when we come back, we'll get right into it. We are back with a full head of hair on everybody, which is really great to see after the traumatic events of the start of the week. But we're here to talk about minimalism and living a minimalistic lifestyle Mm. and minimalism can take many forms for many different people there is probably one overarching concept but for us minimalism is a something that means something a little bit different to maybe what traditional minimalism is what we like to think and what we like to live by when it comes to living minimalistically is giving a smaller footprint on the world but living larger in terms of life Mm -hmm. so rather than having big houses lots of possessions extra stuff that you just don't need living in excess exactly Mm -hmm. we prefer to live within means have only what we need of course within that there is some parameters to include nice things yeah which again some would say you need some nice things in your life but we don't need an excess of nice things that's right and i think it's always quality not quantity that's right for us and i think that's what our minimalism lifestyle is and it really in our current state of living is reflected in where we are yeah and but it hasn't always been like that we did stray away from that like that has kind of when we met mm-hmm. we both kind of felt in the same way but then things take on a, a life of its own yeah that's right i think that a lot comes with growing and aging and hitting milestones within your life and thinking that you need all these belongings or possessions to fill that lifestyle and to enhance how you're living. Whereas I have always felt or more so now have felt that none of that matters. And what matters is how you spend your time versus what you spend money on. Another thing that kind of ties into like you said, time, Mm -hmm. some people think time is free. Mm -hmm. Your own time is free. Yeah, I can give away my time. It's free. It's worth nothing. Which living minimalistically, you can't really think like that because... Time is so mm. valuable. I think that we look at it as if that time is something you can never gain back. Once time has been used or wasted or whatever, you can't gain it back. Whereas something like money you always can earn an income. There's always ways to get yourself financially secure, but with your own time, you don't get the opportunity to get that back. That's right. 
Well, for us, we now are in a position where we went, this is a really quick breakdown, but we used to have a four bedroom house on quite a sizable block of land that we mm-hmm. built. Yeah. And we are now in a two bedroom apartment, ground floor apartment mm-hmm. in a small block of five units with considerably less space, a much smaller backyard area. But we have never probably been happier in terms of our existence. Yeah. Because we shared away a lot of things that we just accumulated over time. Because, like you said, we thought we needed to add things to have a better lifestyle. Yeah. And it just didn't work like that way. So we should probably, let's talk a little bit about how we got to where we are. Okay. So we started off in a two-bedroom unit. We did. And that was us. Really enjoyed it. Close to the beach. Mm-hmm. Didn't need a lot of stuff. A lot of energy and lifestyle in where we lived. That's yeah. right. But I think when we got married, mm. things started to really change. There was definitely a shift in expectations. Uh, we say this a lot that the expectations might not have been vocalized as much as we felt there was an expectation. Like there might have been things said here or there, but we felt the pressure. It was. It was an intense burden to carry mm-hmm. and we just had to do something about it. And what we ended up deciding on is we needed a forever home. The concept of a forever home. <laughs> and ultimately there was a few ways we had spoken about going about it. One of them was to renovate, which I quickly shut down because I didn't want to go through that process again. And then ultimately we landed on way out in the suburbs, not close to anything, buying a block of land and building a house on it. And we looked at smaller blocks of land and we dismissed them because at that time we thought you needed more, not less. So we built big. And we built a big house on a big block of land with a big backyard, a big front yard. Big garage. Big, huge, giant garage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was all down to that expectation of this is what you should be doing when you are getting married and ready to start a family. It's that old saying of the Australian dream. And what that means is a house with a backyard with space and excess. Yeah. And... We had the four bedrooms. We had the, the big study that sort of... Second living that yeah. we used as a study, yeah. Big kitchen with a massive walk-in pantry. Look, all this sounds really nice. and Very I don't appealing. Wanna, <laughs> I don't want to dismiss this as for people who are enjoying this. But for us, we only did it because we felt we had to. And we ended up moving out to somewhere to gain this that we didn't like being in. Mm-hmm. So we, we did... lost that sense of accessibility that we could just go for a walk and reach all these wonderful things. Once you move out into the suburbs, I find that everything looks the same. And I always used to say, you go for a walk for 15 minutes, end up in a street that looks the same as the street you, you came from. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And all of that was born out of the fact that we just thought we needed to be there. We thought that that's what our future held and what our kids would need. So we had this big house with all this space and you've got to fill space. So we ended up just filling the house with unnecessary 
belongings and possessions because we had space to store it. Whether that be the fact we had two extra bedrooms that before we had kids, we had no intention of doing anything with other than they need to be dressed. That's right. We put queen beds and bedside tables and artwork and pendant lighting and everything so that it would look finished. Yeah. Rather than just leaving it bare and saying, oh, no one uses it. So why do we need it to have stuff in it? Mm-hmm. But we could, we didn't have that mindset. So this kind of ties in back to last week with the hyperemesis where we got to a certain point that we just couldn't accept making this work anymore because we really tried. Mm. I think the year before you got sick with your pregnancy with COVID, mm. we decided that we were just going to going to double down mm-hmm. and we invested money into the house. We redid the backyard. We yeah. put up a big front fence. Because I think that w- when we moved in with our property, it was never finished. We didn't do a turnkey uh, style of build. They didn't really offer that as a solution for us. So when we moved in, there was a lot of things that needed to be finished, especially in regards to landscaping and uh, backyard. So, But I think we- the reason why we never finished it before COVID was because we never really felt settled there. Mm. So we thought, why put in the time and effort to finish it? Yeah. And we were out all weekends because we didn't want to be home. We wanted to get away. (laughs) That's right. So, but then COVID happened and we decided, well, let's just put everything into it. Thinking that that would solve it. Give it one last shot. This is it. We're going to really commit. New furniture. Mm-hmm. new renovations, new grass in the back, mm-hmm. new rugs, new TVs. Set up the kids' rooms. Like Al- Alberto went into a big boy room around that time. So he got his own room and bed and all the furniture that he needed. That's right. And from that point, we thought that was it. We were done. Well, We like to think we were done, but in the mindset we were in, there was always going to be something around the corner that we needed to keep doing. Mm -hmm. But when you got sick with hyperemesis, and you can go back and listen to that episode if you haven't already, Mm -hmm. it kind of set us up to realize that there was much more to life than living in a big house with belongings we don't use Mm -hmm. just to fill a quota. And a lot of maintenance, unnecessary maintenance. Don't get me started on the maintenance. I'll tell you a funny story. <laughs> when we moved in, our back, our front yard was massive mm. and it was all hills. And me being a novice at just landscaping in general, went and bought an electric lawnmower thinking that, <laughs> oh, this will do. A guy said, oh, it lasts about an hour. Oh, great. Turns out my front yard took two hours to do. So I would get halfway done have to charge it and then come back the next morning and finish it and it didn't charge fast no it it took hours to get it and because it's an electric lawnmower it wasn't powerful enough and because i was daunting to do the lawn it used to grow too long Mm. so that's another thing right is your time isn't free so giving excess of time over Mm. to something like that was really really annoying Mm mm-hmm Turns out I got started, (laughs) but yes, we had lots of unnecessary maintenance in that house. Mm. And I think that the pregnancy and the sickness for you anyway, clarified a few things. It definitely did. I, I did have a lot of trouble 
feeling at home in that house from the moment the build even began. It was a very, very long journey of feeling unsettled and feeling we weren't on the right path and it wasn't the right thing to be doing. And even when we were buying these things in excess and trying to fill these spaces to fill something within us, it never felt right. So when I got sick, it was more just, I'm done. I can't do that anymore. I need to be more authentic, more sustainable, and more on the level that we are and what we gravitate towards. And what we ended up doing was putting the house up for sale. Yeah. And it was good timing. (laughs) It really worked out as good timing, especially because we were downsizing. So we were able to sell for high. Facebook marketplace. (laughs) Yeah. We sold a lot of stuff through there. That's why I shouted it out. Yeah. We were very fortunate that we didn't use a lot of our belongings and therefore it was in perfect condition, (laughs) unused, but set up. And that was quite desirable for people. That's right. I think I remember we had the, the dining table which mm. was like this big eight-seater dining table with eight chairs that we weren't going to need. Hardly used. Barely really sat at the dining table, did mm. we? Because we used to sit on the couch. On the couch. <laughs> Where those people? Yeah, couch potatoes <laughs> eating potatoes. <laughs> but then, yeah, we like you said, we sold our house for a decent profit and moving to a smaller property meant that we shed a lot of possessions because we weren't going to have anywhere to put them. And also it meant we shed the the burden of a large mortgage mm-hmm. and downsized to an incredibly small one. And there was a lot of reservations from a lot of people about what we were going to do. We had some very tough conversations when this idea came about or when our conviction was there and it, people weren't really sure if it was a serious thing or if it was because of a knee jerk reaction because of my sickness. They weren't really understanding where our heads were at, where our frame of mind. They never really got the picture that you were stuck in a dark room Mm. with nothing you could do. And even if you wanted to go out, there was nowhere to go. No, No. nowhere close enough to allow me to be able to just be there five, 10 minutes, get sunshine, sit outside. Like it wasn't like that. But Peter, you had space for 50 towels in your linen cupboard. Like that's got to be something. (laughs) That's worth it, guys. It's worth it. Mm. So when you started to have these conversations with people, they really, the first thing they think of is, oh, but you're going to have two children. Mm. Okay. What are your kids going to do? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like they're kids. They're not. They're not. They're not big. Mm. They're small. We never had a playroom. We always, with Alberto and his toys and clothes and things like that, we would go through it and clear it out quite frequently. He was always a part of that process. So we never had this big pile of things that needed to be thrown away or needed to convince him he doesn't need them anymore. We always sort of lived by that. Anyway, Mm. and the place we were moving into, there were like five grown adults living here anyway. So (laughs) there were. when you think you're just adding two adults and two small children, realistically, why can't it be done? Yeah. 
that's not to say the place didn't need work. Mm. Like we obviously had to bring it up to a livable standard mm-hmm. to suit a family. And we've done that. Yeah. But I think the, the roadblocks that get put in your way from people aren't necessarily physical roadblocks. They're just throwing you metaphorical situations mm-hmm. that you just give them an answer and they go, oh, but it's too small. And you really just have to think, well, what what difference does it make to you? Yeah. You're not living in it. If this is not what you want to do, I'm okay with that. So then why can't you be okay with it for me? Mm. I think a lot of it is because people like to impart how they live onto others. Yeah. They don't tend to reflect and think outwardly on how someone else's situation is different to theirs. Mm-hmm. And they just want to caution you. They do. They want you to always make sure you've thought it through in every possible way. And sometimes you just need to live. You just need to take a leap or take a step forward in a direction that you think will serve you. And if it doesn't, you take a different step in a different direction. And that's okay. It isn't like we didn't think it through. Right. I think when you were sick, when you had those dark moments... We would have conversations about this very thing that we've done Mm -hmm. and we would weigh up everything. Mm. And I think we, we landed on this working because of what I said before, they're two small children. Why can't children share a room? That was, I think probably one of the biggest obstacles, maybe Mm. in my brain as well, is that kids need their own room growing up. Mm -hmm. But I think about my ancestors from Italy, Mm. they live in tiny little places. My mum used to share a room with her sisters until she was... Until she moved out and got married. Exactly. So... It didn't really need to be a thing. But again, traditional convention says otherwise. Mm. So people naturally will question it. Yeah. And I have to say one of the best things now, having lived here and lived with this, is the kids waking up in the morning and having each other and well, the Racine joy. Is all, Racine is 11 months. So yeah. now she is in her own room in her cot. In Well, in the same share. room as him. They mm-hmm. share a room, but they love it. They do. They love it. He wakes up. She tends to wake up a bit earlier mm-hmm. and then he'll wake up and they'll, she'll walk over to her cot and he'll give her a toy to play with. Mm-hmm. And they giggle something... and, and they're so happy and they're talking to each other. Like Rosina's not quite forming words yet, but she's, you know, communicating. She can say ta, she can. There's something so magical about mm. that. And I think had we been in the other house, we wouldn't have gone down that path mm. because we were, we were of the, the thinking, well, there's another room there. Mm-hmm. She should have her own space. Yeah. But we've been in this place and we've been able to give them something so special. Mm. And, I mean, there's a side benefit. We get a bit of extra time of shut-eye because he's entertaining her and she's entertaining him. Mm. And we're like, great! (laughs) It gives us freedom as well because we can go for a walk in the morning. We can go for a run in the morning, individually, separately. separately. Wow. <laughs> wow. I just heard the, the comments on Instagram rolling through. You leave your kids alone. <laughs> no, no, no. No, no. It's all all above board. But it gives us that freedom. Mm. And again, this is something you don't get in 
other existences. So yes, like I said, right at the start, our version of minimalism is we downsized everything to maximize our life. Mm -hmm. So we get to go and do the things that we like to do. So that was kind of what's brought us here and and a little taste into what it's like. But there's more to this story, I guess, in what it actually is like living this way. So let's take a break. When we come back, dive into that. So living minimalistically for us has opened up so many more doors for our life. And like I said, right at the top, minimalism for us is downsizing our footprint maximizing our lifestyle Mm -hmm. and we are truly exemplifying that in the way we're living right now yeah i think you could argue that we could do exactly what we're doing now in the same location but with a bigger property my argument back to that would be well no you couldn't because you still would feel compelled to fill that property with stuff that you don't need and also enjoy the property I think you're meant to be home, be in your backyard and entertaining or using it. If you had a a big place, you'd feel compelled to always stay there. Mm -hmm. And we don't have that now because we like our house. Yeah. We've renovated it to make it up to what we enjoy living in. Mm -hmm. But we don't feel compelled to stay here because of the fact we've built it or renovated it yeah we enjoy being here but we equally as much enjoy getting away from here because everything's close yeah walking distance i think is the key which means we're driving less yeah we're not consuming as much petrol yeah and everything we like to do is within walking distance we don't have to drive to it anymore that's right and in our areas or where we live If you drive to, say, the beach or a playground or even a shopping center, there's a time limit for how long you can be there. Often by the beach, it's two hours or three hour parking maximum. Not just that. You'll be hard pressed to find a spot. That's true. On busy days, Mm -hmm. you're driving around for longer than you're potentially going to stay there waiting for someone to leave. Yeah. people that look like they're leaving Mm -hmm. oh i'm sorry i'm not i'm just getting something from the boot oh (laughs) well we've waited here five minutes (laughs) yeah could have told me earlier punk yeah but yes your point is so valid because you're bound and time constricted Mm. when you drive places to that time limit for parking Mm -hmm. and that parking is totally reasonable because other people should get to enjoy yeah. The beautiful nature that is the beach. They want to give everyone an opportunity to be there, which is great. Great. Mm. But we don't have to be bound by that. We can walk to it and stay there all day if we wanted to. That's right. You think with kids, by the time you get there, so for us, for example, we would have to drive 40 to 45 minutes to get to a beach that had a really great playground and a really great area for us to have a picnic. By the time we've gone and got our coffee, <laughs> um, I had a morning snack, gone on the playground. It's time to go. There's no time for anything else. So you really have to decide what's worth it in that three-hour limit. What's going to be worth it? Should we even go into the ocean? 
should we go on to the sand? It, and the answer is normally no, <laughs> because the kids are a bit grotty. You know that it's going to take you 45 minutes to get home. Mm-hmm. So why waste that extra bit of time mm. and just go? Whereas we don't have that time pressure now. Yeah. We can go to a playground, to a beach, to a coffee shop, to the shops. Yeah. And just know that our house is close by mm-hmm. without any pain. And we've walked there in 10 minutes, so much less than it would take us to drive. And then we can spend as much time or as little time as we want because it's also so much quicker to get there and back. So if we only wanted to spend an hour, there's it doesn't feel like you've wasted all this time driving or... That's right. I want to talk a little bit about what it's actually like living inside a smaller apartment and the transition that we feel we had to make. But I don't really feel like it was that hard. When I think about how we used to live at our old house with the four bedrooms, we did most of our living in the living room. Wow. (laughs) I wonder who came up with that genius name for that room. Unbelievable. (laughs) But that room was maybe five meters by four meters, I would say. Well, we had an open plan design. So there was an open plan kitchen, dining, living all in one. It flowed in. But ultimately where we did most of our living was confined to where the TV was on the wall, the couch, the TV cabinet had Alberto's toys in it. Yeah. That was where he did his playing. That was where we did our enjoyment and you can see the the backyard and the deck access from there in that area yeah and the place we're in now the living space is roughly the same size yeah so when we transitioned to here nothing really changed in that aspect Mm -hmm. because we still had the same space to live in where we did most of our living Mm -hmm. say living more (laughs) so that never that didn't really change anything Alberto never liked playing in a room where we couldn't see him. Yeah. Including his bedroom or the second living room that we had. So he's also just a sidebar. He's a really great individual player. Yeah. He can play on his own. He quite enjoys doing that because he can be as creative as he wants to be. So it was never like we had to be in the room to play with him or to entertain him. It was just being present. To watch it all unfold. Mm -hmm. And... We still have the living room overlooking the courtyard that we have, so we can still look into there. So that sense, nothing has really changed. You know, yes, we lost the bathroom. We lost the open kitchen, but we've been really smart with what we've done with our kitchen. We've really maximized the space we've got and turned it into a really functional kitchen. We always say it's more functional than what we had in the big house. So Because when you build a house inside, you don't really get to choose too much. You can choose the extras, but then those are things you've got to pay more for. Mm -hmm. Whereas when you are renovating, you have a bit more latitude with what you want to do. So we ripped out the old kitchen, popped in a new one. Started from scratch. Started from scratch. And that kind of ties in to the next thing I really want to highlight with minimalistic living and how we're living is that because we don't need to have a lot of stuff, the stuff we do need, we can be a little bit more extravagant with. Yeah. Like we said at the start, quality, not quantity. You know, we don't have to go and buy 
a cheaper TV from a grocery store, mm-hmm. we can splash out on one of the bigger brands with the, the more functionality that fits in with our home. We could do that. Yeah. And the added bonus with doing that is being able to do it and not be in an afterpay program or on a credit card linked to the store or something like that because we have that financial freedom. There were so many benefits for us to shedding that big house and downsizing our mortgage to a much more manageable level and also giving us freedom back Mm. to not have to worry because we live a worry-free lifestyle. We do. And we just get to look forward to things like we're planning holidays and trips and activities that we potentially would have had more reservations. Reservations. Yeah. When booking them in the past. Because we would always be worried that's going to eat into our finances. We can't afford to do that. We can only do five days and now it's not really a limit on how many days it's quite a conundrum when you think about it we came from a house where for the predominant of the population would be quite enviable mm. because we had we had space we had this beautiful open plan modern design brand new brand new mm-hmm. sort of everything in there but our lifestyle was so plain mm. and and i want to say boring and unfulfilled and restricted mm because we were bound to those four walls of that home. Yeah. And as much as there's space in there, it can feel restricted Mm. by that space. Confining. Whereas moving down to this much smaller two-bedroom apartment, the shackles are off. Mm. We aren't bound to this anymore. And that's, I think, the biggest change that has happened for us by adopting this version of minimalism Mm -hmm. because we don't have those constraints on us of what we can and can't do. Yeah. And I think that's been the biggest positive to come out of it. Absolutely. And I think that our children are going to be in this very fun lifestyle and environment now. They're going to be a part of it. Mm -hmm. They're not going to be, we're not, I think the point I'm trying to make is we're not going to have to change how we want to live to give them a life they're going to be a part of our lives the way we live it. Yeah. Which means they're going to come with us on the holidays. They're Mm -hmm. going to go with us to the beach when we want to go to the beach as a family. Mm -hmm. They're not going to be left behind. Yeah. Or even just told, oh, go and play in the backyard. We built that for you. Like, and putting that pressure on them as well. That's right. I think to tie this into parenting, realistically, what it's showing our kids is that you don't have to live your life bound by the number of possessions that you have. Mm -hmm. As a real great point, an example of that, when we were in the house, we built Alberto this U-Butte cubby house Mm -hmm. on this deck with swings and a slide. Yeah. And he barely used it. Yeah. He didn't appreciate it. No. He still wanted to go to a playground. That's right. Which virtually had the same thing. Even if there weren't other kids there, he seemed to engage with it more than he did it at, in our backyard, in our home. And that kind of was another example to us of, well, do we just need to add more? Mm. Do we need a pool? Mm. I remember for the longest yes. time we thought we needed to add a pool into that mix. Yeah. So what it's showing our kids is 
that they don't need to be bound by what they have in the backyard, in the cupboard with toys. They can really live an existence based on appreciating what they do have Mm -hmm. and looking forward to experiences outside of the four walls that we live in. Yeah. So it's been really great for us. It has been. So really proud of us. Go us. (laughs) Woo! (laughs) Well, look, minimalism is a thing for us, but if you would like to adopt a more minimalistic lifestyle yourself, we have a couple of tips. When we come back, we'll get into those. Wrapping up our very second episode mm-hmm. of the Parent Sesh podcast. And this one was, of course, all about minimalism. Not just traditional minimalism, more about our version version of minimalism. Yeah. I'm very glad I can stop saying minimalism because it's a very <laughs> hard word to pronounce. But if you were looking to adopt a bit more of a minimalistic lifestyle, if you liked what you heard and yeah. think, you know what, that could work for us. There are a couple of tips that we can leave you with to help you on that journey. Mm -hmm. The first one is all about... Kids toys. Or kids kids toys. Things. There's a lot of things. There's (laughs) a lot of things. It's not just toys. It's learning. It's clothes. Books. books. There's a lot um, that comes with these little humans. Yep. What would you say to parents who are looking to, to shed kids toys or to downsize what kids have? I would say that it's really important to go through the toys on a regular basis. So I think for us, what works really well, we tend to go seasonally. So we'll go through things every three or so months and just start to clear out some of the things that they're either not playing with that have been damaged uh, or... That they just don't use anymore? That they don't use anymore. So, and having them be a part of that experience as well so that the more they do it the more they learn that they're ready to throw something away donate it give it to someone in your family that might use it more than they have and I think that Alberto has really really gotten on that trend and now can go through his belongings very regularly and say I don't use this he did it this morning Mm -hmm. where we asked him if he used one toy he goes yes but I don't use this one so Mm -hmm. we got rid of it it was damaged yeah so yeah that one didn't make it didn't make the (laughs) cut sorry truck uh yeah so it's all ties in with their clothing as well we tend to not buy too much in excess we sort of buy as we go buy as they need and it's the same thing once they've grown out of something or something's not an item that they would pick out to wear that goes into its categories donations it's easy to try and be sentimental about clothes, but oh, yeah. we've got enough photos on our phones, right? I think that's right. I think that we're in such a great age where we have the technology, we have photos and videos to such high quality that keeping the actual belonging itself almost feels redundant or irrelevant. So unnecessary. Mm. Another point around toys and I guess kids' possessions is around Christmas and birthday time where they just get an avalanche of stuff given to them. Mm -hmm. The way we kind of deal with that is, yes, they might see it at Christmas time, but sometimes we like to just store it away. So 
when they come to a natural conclusion with some of their stuff they don't use, we can move them on and then bring in the new stuff that they've got to replace it as opposed to just adding it to adding and adding and adding. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because they don't learn to appreciate what they have. And we've learned that this, this last Christmas just gone. So yeah, this last Christmas in particular was very gift toy orientated. We won't go too much into that details now, but long story short, it's not going to be like that again Mm. with Christmas and toys. So we, we like to rotate through as opposed to just continuously adding because we feel that they'll appreciate what they have more. And it also forces them to be more creative with what they've got. Yeah. And creativity is what helps drive and promote brain growth and development. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we feel like it's going to work. Yeah. Our second tip is born out of necessity for us, really, which was going from four bedrooms down to two the kids obviously have to share a room. Mm-hmm. So we had to work on a strategy to get the two of them into the bed and make sure they're sleeping. And we'll talk a bit more in depth about sleeping in next week's episode. Yeah. But ultimately we had to decide what to do. Our big tip for this is coordinating bedtimes. Mm-hmm. We had to establish a routine for Racina and she would be the one to go down first Yeah, I think that we ultimately found what works for us and what works for our family is that although the routine is structured to be happening sort of at the same time, Rosina would go into her cot five to 10 minutes before Alberto would head to bed. So they would both be down around the same time, but it just gave her the ability to get comfortable in the space, drift off to sleep before Alberto joined her in the room. And also it gave Alberto that five to 10 minutes of one-on-one time with us. Reading the story. Mm -hmm. He would get to play extra with his toys without Racina sort of interrupting him. Yeah. It sort of just allowed them to have their own moments to do what they needed to do. Yeah. And to wind down. Oh, Alberto definitely, now that he's four and a half, needs the winding down (laughs) more than ever before bed to his credit once he's in bed he falls asleep pretty quickly yeah but definitely coordinate the bedtimes it'll just make life so much easier rather than trying to have that picture perfect moment of let's tuck them in at the same time Mm -hmm. because of their age difference it's just not feasible to do that and it'll end up causing more dramas because they'll end up trying to keep each other awake but if you set that expectation that when it's Alberto's time to go to bed, even if it's 10 minutes after Racine is gone, she's asleep, you need to be quiet. Yeah. And over time they'll learn that and it really starts to, it's working for us. Mm-hmm. So coordinating bedtimes. But that's this, that's it. That's it. That's episode two down the hatch. I hope it was helpful in, in any way it could be. <laughs> I'll... I feel like or it was. entertaining. <laughs> Definitely helped us in a cathartic way. Mm-hmm. Next week is all about our sleep journey with Alberto and Rosino. Not to give too much away, we've got pretty good kids when it comes to sleep. Yeah. And I don't want to let that turn anyone away <laughs> from next week because we actually break down our journey and how we've actually managed to achieve it. Yeah. And it's been a, a long one, a tough one, but a fruitful one. Yeah. So we'll talk about that next week. And as we always say, in the meantime, if you have any questions, we absolutely love questions and love answering things. And 
we never know if we've given enough detail or, or not enough. So feel free to contact us, DM us, write a comment, anything, and we'll get back to you. She was looking at me like, can you help me out here? And I was pondering whether or not I just let it sit. But in the end, I, 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 I came in there. Absolutely. Instagram, Twitter as well, uh, at the parent sesh. Happy to interact and engage in any way we can, whether it just be sending in cute photos of your kids or just wanting to chat about topics that we've spoken about. Happy to help. Happy to chat. But that's it. Episode two, done. We're feeling like we're getting the hang of this. Mm. So we'll see you next week when we talk all about sleep. Have a good week, everybody. See you next week. See you next week.